You want to tell me for Hudson Mohawk Magazine what you think about the oh, maybe about Sarah. the public art? Good. What else? <laughs> what, they, what, did they, cool. what did you think about them? What did you think they looked like? Like beads? Like oh. just the bones of it. Looks like bones of what? Beads. Beads? Huh. We saw That's some cool. of the other sculptures too. Do you want to oh, we got a wa- favorite? Yeah. Oh yeah, what's your favorite? What would, which one did you like best? We've seen I a like couple. the Christmas tree. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I like the one by the, the church. Sunday evening was the opening of Troy Glow, a public art project in downtown Troy where several artists from the region have installed their creations using light in different ways to illuminate and say something interesting about the space they're in. Adam Freeland is an artist with a piece in the exhibit as well as the artistic and technical director of Troy Glow. Troy Glow is the first light festival that we've ever had a chance to do in in Troy. And the idea for it came after a project that I was involved with in 2016 in the area called Breathing Lights. And that was a big lighting project that put an effect in uh, about 200 vacant buildings in the area. And it was a big undertaking. All three cities were involved, lots and lots of people, lots of layers to it. But afterwards, a lot of the cities I think got a sense of the reward from it. And some of them had reached out to certain people on the team about what to do next. And uh, Judy Gilmore, who's the curator on, on Troy Glow now, came up with a public art plan for Troy. And I think the first thing on the list was to do a light festival. Most light festivals are an open call situation that's often nationally or even internationally in scope. And so normally people who already work in light uh, you know, they've got their stuff ready to go. And so they apply and say, I, you know, here's the thing I want to put in. And that's how it often the, the curation of those kind of uh, projects go. But in our case, we wanted this to be a regional endeavor. And that meant actually teaching some artists how to incorporate light into their practice. So that made this quite different because, I mean, a few of the artists we work with to some degree had worked in light, but Either they hadn't or they'd never made art that went outdoors. And so there was like a real educational component for each of the artists that were involved. How did your piece, which is displayed on Broadway and Franklin Alley, come about? What happened was the arts center in the capital region who who spearheaded this endeavor, the director, Liz Reese, reached out to me and said, hey, we're interested in doing this and we'd like you to be a part of it in some ways. And so I had to sort of determine what role I would play, but we decided to do a prototype project to sort of like figure out working with the city and working in the downtown area and everything. And so I was able to kind of envision some things ahead of time. But when it came time for this iteration of it, they had drawn up a map. I think the business improvement district was involved and said, we really want to draw attention to a particular part of the downtown area. So we'd like the projects to be tightly grouped in this area and we would like Adam's piece to be on this main street. And that street is great, but the first idea for a project I had, it just wasn't even possible. I wanted to anchor something the length of the block, but it just requires like all these logistics to fall in place and it wasn't possible. So then I realized I had to centralize the project to one location. And for, you know, as an artist, like often you have certain like references that keep coming up in your research. And one that kept coming up in mind was, you know, signage that's like a whole bunch of 
lit or non-lit signs in, in a particular place. And there are a couple locations in the world where this is really prominent. Tokyo, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, like where you get this beautiful cluster of signage. And I thought, well, wouldn't this be kind of interesting? I mean, there used to be so much of a different type of signage in Troy. This, but I wanted to harken back to sort of a 50s, 60s era of early illuminated signs. And so I began just coming up with a design of a series of, of, of shapes that were pretty prevalent for signage and figuring out how to sort of put them in one place. So they created a little bit of a density. But of course, mine didn't really require any content. <laughs> so the piece ended up being called Empty Sign. So it's a series of eight illuminated shaped light boxes that are mounted to the corner of one downtown building. This was really different than the way that I normally work. So I found myself in a similar position of a lot of the other artists where even though it was something like what we'd done before, there were many parts about it where we're like, oh, this is completely new. And I don't normally work with anything that has a light effect running through it very often. In this case, we had all these boxes and I was like, well, what do I do with them? Like what happens with them? And I have a friend who creates scores for film and I decided to sort of sit down with him and pick his brain and say, what would... Well, if there are eight signs, they're kind of eight components, what could kind of happen over time? And so we started coming up with this visual score. And the score just has a very simple narrative arc in which all the signs seem to be operating independently in the way they normally would if you were in a dense urban area and each sign was trying to get your attention. Uh, but then slowly over time, they actually start to fall into synchronicity with one another. And then they go through this sort of pattern of intensity of working together. And then afterwards, it starts to slow down and they start to fall back into their individual rhythms. And then um, the cycle starts again. So one other piece that's on the Art Center that's quite interesting is a piece by Adam Tinkle. I think it's called Troy Farallon. He kind of created a, a version of a sort of abstracted, glitchy digital town square clock. And it's just kind of a circle that rotates within this kind of like field of feedback in a way. And, you know, it, it definitely feels like something from a little bit of a different world or a different time. And then every hour on the hour, it's starts chiming, but the chime has kind of a feedback of its own and the clock text starts coming up all in front of the clock like reminders in a way like real like uh practical reminders other ones that have to do with something more kind of emotive or cerebral or psychological but a lot of them have to do with light getting like your a dose of light for the day and it's kind of a beautiful thing. Like, it really integrates well with the architecture. On Sunday, standing at St. Paul's Church on 3rd Street, I ran into Lydia Kern, who is the artist who's installed her piece, Efflorescence, there. That word means to bloom. The inside, it kind of looks like quilted stained glass. So my process started by collecting plants and flowers that were grown in the capital region I, on nature walks or like bouquets from the Albany co-op that were grown by local farmers here. And I had a giant flower press in my studio and um, I pressed all the plants and then I used vinyl fabric to sew, hand sew all the flowers in place. And then I poured boat resin over the... <sighs> The quilt. So those are um, those are real flowers and plants, yeah. all embedded in the resin, and 
it looks like stained glass. Kind yeah. Of, right? mm -hmm. And it, it's really fitting to put it in the churchyard, right? Was yeah, that a yeah, purposeful I, I, choice? Yeah, I usually do like a more of a rounded top, but I made it in line with the architecture of the building. And if you look at some of those like um, wooden shapes at the top there yeah. are echoed in, in some of this. And I'm into medieval manuscripts and the way that like this shape, um, the holes in the piece echo some holes in those historic documents too and so yeah that's that's awesome that's beautiful thank you. What do you i don't know do you have any thoughts about public art on a whole or anything like that that's yeah. being a part of this um i love public art because i think it's a really generous art form like it's given to everyone and you don't have to walk into a gallery to see it and i do love the way it like just changes the environment and i, I love that you don't have to be an art person per se right. to go experience it and I think that's like the land too you know like the land and the wildflowers that are in this piece offer themselves to everyone as well and it's like a unifying aesthetic and usually stained glass like the the light is the way stained glass is made when light goes in they're only illuminated if you're on the inside of the church so I wanted to flip that and have it illuminated for everybody out here. As people wandered by, I asked one passerby for their interpretation. Well, it could be leaves, or it could be eyes, but apparently it kind of looks like a body, and then there's two eyes up there. So like a bug, maybe, with eyes with all, not on the body. The Troy Glow installations stay up into January around downtown Troy. Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagy. Um, if you looked at it, counting the orange, it kind of looks like a shield. Yeah, I can see that too. Cool, thanks. So it could be a shield.